Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Football Sunday is brought to you by New England Recovery Center in Westboro and by Kubota Tractor and the New England Kubota Tractor Dealers. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Andy Gresh, Christian Arcane, and Mike Cadlick. Now, WEEI Football Sunday. 11 o'clock, we're into hour two, getting you ready for the Patriots and the Dolphins down in Miami. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, a guy who has probably swept through layers of clothes too much down in Miami over the years on the Harbor One Hotline, our friend Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy, good morning. Good morning. It was Miami-like for the past three days up here, hasn't it been? So we enjoyed that. Uh, I will say this. Uh, you never went full-blown three-piece suit in Miami like Steve Burton did in the days in which you were a road warrior. No, but, I, you know, Steve has now, you know, kind of moved that back to just the polos, the golf shirts. So <clears throat> it's a good move by him. Yeah, you, uh, you learn after a while. Uh, heading to Miami, Tommy, what is the I, – I guess – in terms of, of storylines, things you will be watching, whether it's on the Miami side or the, or the New England side, what is, uh, what is the first thing you're really going to be staring at and focusing on when this game kicks at 1 o'clock? Is Miami able to protect Tua in a way that they were not able to protect him against Philadelphia? Isaiah wins out, and he is nobody's idea of a silver bullet. They had uh, Toronto Armstead's out. <clears throat> still, so they have the left side of their line and their center are out. And that makes the point that we've all been making for the past two years. You are, if you are a Tua or a Mac, what your protection allows you to be. So if he does not have the same protection, he'll be efficient and he'll be smart. He doesn't melt down like Mac does when a play is going south. But he'll also be rendered fairly average. And we saw that last week. I mean, I think he was in the sixes last week for yards per attempt, which to me is the gold standard statistic for quarterbacking. And he hadn't been under eight all year. And that was totally due to the protection. Tom, what part of the Buffalo win do you think was fluky? And what part of it is things that you think can be replicated this week against the Dolphins? That's a great question. Thanks. You're welcome. 
You know I'm always grading Kristen's questions. <laughs> True. Every time. Usually much um, worse than that. Well, that was a good one. Yeah. You know, what, what's fluky is they're not going to throw you the ball the way Josh Allen did. And they're not – they don't have a quarterback with a million-dollar arm and a 10-cent head. They have a quarterback with a million-dollar head and a 25-cent arm. I mean, he's again, he's accurate. He can throw a deep ball, but he's got an average – arm in terms of velocity too it does so you're not going to that's a fluky aspect <clears throat> excuse me to the Patriots win is they're not going to get staked to a 10 to nothing lead most likely because the ball gets thrown directly to them by by Tua so but what's sustainable to me is how they can play if they do with balance and with a little bit of a measure of unpredictability they didn't run the ball effectively when you look at the numbers that they ran for both Stevenson and Elliott were under four yards per carry, but they ran it effectively in terms of when and how. So that to me is, is a big byproduct of the score and we've documented it. And you guys have talked about it. I've written about it. It goes back actually even further than just last year where it carried in and was going on in, in 2021 as well, where they were falling against teams like Indianapolis when they started hot and then they went to Indy and they got their heads handed to them. But if they can get a lead early, then let's see what happens. But they just do that too irregularly. Tom, I want to get your thoughts on the Josh Uche situation with the Patriots. He uh, missed last week with an injury, practiced all week this week with uh, an injury designation, but was limited and out there. Doesn't travel to Miami. He's out today. Do you think this is more of them keeping him, trying to keep him healthy? Are they dangling him on the trade block? Like, what, what do you make of that whole thing? Yeah, it's very strange to have him not travel mm-hmm. if you have limited participation <clears throat> in practice because you're usually going to be a game-time decision and they'll put you out there. I'll say this. Josh Uche is one of their most singularly talented players for the one Thing that he does well you know he's a brilliant pass rusher but he's so small that they can't use him in their defense because they want guys who can set the edge and that's never going to be Josh Uche's skill he is you know a, he's built like a normal human I mean right Michael you've yep. seen him any number of times you if someone says that's a defensive end you're like holy crap really right because he's built like a, a shooting guard um and that I think might lead some the Patriots to say, look, if anybody has value to other teams around the NFL, it's this situational pass rusher who plays just like Elvis Doomerville to roll it back, Gresh. He wow. reminds me of Elvis Doomerville. <laughs> Is he a 5'11"? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, he's not, he's not that much bigger than 5'11", and he is thick through the chest, but, you know, lean middle. You're right, yeah. You know, high-cut guy. He really he looks more like a... a you know, he's built more like a six-two-six-three shooting guard Tom, than, a, than a defensive end. Tom Kern of NBC Sports Boston here on WEEI Football Sunday getting us game ready for the Patriots at Miami. I asked this question during the week, and to the guys and I ask you, Curran, uh, last time out against Miami, the Patriots had uh, Christian Gonzalez, and then it was – Miles Bryant, Sean Wade, and the safeties. All right, take the safeties out of it because it's the same guys as today. Gonzo, Bryant, and Wade versus J.C. Jackson, John Jones, and Jack Jones. Are the Patriots better equipped to deal with Miami this time out compared to the last time out? Yeah, 
and Miami is <clears throat> probably less equipped than they were the first time because you got Tyreek Hill with a hip, and Jalen Waddle had that back spasmy thing that he suffered last week against Philadelphia. So, I mean, Gonzalez is brilliant, and he's going to be brilliant. And it's I shed a tear every time I think I'm not going to get to watch the kid for the rest of his first year in the league because there's probably finite amount of time he's going to be here in New England given the way they operate. But, um, yeah, they should be able to match up. One interesting thing, Omar Kelly told me this week, he's covered the Dolphins for a long time. He said, the Dolphins' offense does not travel well. So when you see them get closed down to an extent by the Patriots, boat raced by Buffalo, and then handled by Philadelphia – those are three road games. Look at the damage they've done in their home games. Now you can look at the Chargers game as well, but as Omar pointed out, that's oftentimes feels like a, a home game for teams anyway because the stadium is not too vitriolic for a visiting team. But if you look at the home games, and they've played ter- terrible opponents, but they've killed Carolina, killed Denver, and killed somebody else. Who, who else they killed? Giants. Giants. So – it's an interesting dichotomy between what they are at home and on the road. Um, with that in mind, Tommy, the wide receiver room now, a little bit of, I don't know what controversy is the right word, but uh, Rappaport just tweeted that Schuster's going to be active today. I'm um, seeing some of the other beat guys, Mason and Daniel, saying that they don't see Devontae Parker out there in the early warm-ups. Could we see a healthy scratch situation today? And how do you sort of see the wide receiver position clearing up, if it does at all, uh, this week <laughs> or uh, in the next two weeks here? I think that would be a tremendously positive signal, not certainly for Devontae Parker, but it would be a positive signal to the players in the locker room. And then I think the fans that, okay, the Patriots are still a team that, excuse me, man, sorry. Uh, Everything all right? Well, I don't know if everything's all right. (laughs) You're not dying on us. That's what we really need to know. That's really yeah, – let's we, go for the yeah. low bar. Are you okay? Here, yeah. It sounds like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, keep, I keep ripping back from the coffee instead of a water. Um, ah. Oh. Do it. But I think that if you're a Patriots fan, you want to see this team still be able to admit its mistakes when it, when it makes them. And they made a mistake with Devontae Parker, which was okay, but they compounded it in the offseason by seemingly bending the knee to his mood and attitude – with DeAndre Hopkins, for instance, and then giving him an extension, <clears throat> reconfiguring his contract. But we've seen he's not a productive player, period, end of story. We've seen he doesn't separate. There's analytics out there that show that as well, that the Patriots should have been well aware of. He's the worst in the NFL, worst in the NFL, worst in the NFL at wide receiver for separation. So if they're going to move on and say, okay, it doesn't work, let's get Thornton up or let's get Booty up, which probably won't happen, or um, who am I missing here? Rager. Who's the other? Rager. Oh, thank you. Um, then that's a positive because it's diminishing returns having him out there. All right. Well, Arkan stole my question. I was perusing Twitter <laughs> as well. So let's talk about Mac Jones. Sorry, time. Mike. No, you're good. So <laughs> let's talk about Mac then. Last week uh, on what who comes back at right tackle, they establish um, – not really establish a run game, but they're able to get some, you know, uh, good runs in there when they can. Mac Jones looks comfortable getting the ball out. Um, obviously, has the game-winning drive, finds Hunter Henry on third down, what have you. Um, all great, all well and good. No caveats on last week's win. Can they do it again, in your opinion, or, or was that a one-off? 
Yeah, they can do it again. What I'll be interested to see, Mike, is does Mac feel a little emboldened and swaggery yeah. after a week like last week? Say, yeah, I got this. I can, I can start to try and make a few plays again. Because I think what was really impressive about some of the plays and throws that he didn't make was that he looked at it and said, this is not a good idea. This is a 30-70 chance of working out, and it can be bad. And I, <clears throat> I know how closely you watch the games afterwards. That throw that he didn't make to Demario Douglas at the end of the first half mm-hmm. on the third down, when you kind of needed it, and he wasn't sure where – see if you interpret it the same way. He wasn't sure where Demario was going on that option route. Correct, yeah. And he said, I'm not going to throw it. And he was pissed. But at least he didn't say, all right, let's throw it and see what happens. That's a throw he would have made against Dallas. Right. That's exactly right. Yep. Yep. Uh, Tommy, I I am curious for uh, your thoughts on the trade deadline. Does today a win or a loss tie into how the Patriots approach Tuesday? I, um, I don't think so. And here's why. I don't think anybody's going to want the Patriots stuff. I really don't. All right. What about the I other think... way? What about the other way, though? Hey, there's a you know maybe Denver takes another one on the chin, and we sure. can go pluck from them. If you if you lose, are you less aggressive? If you win, might you be more aggressive? I guess I should have asked yeah, it through the purview of the Patriots, maybe going out and doing the Belichick. Well, everybody thinks we shouldn't do anything. Well, I'll give up a second round pick and go get two players to right. come in and help right away. Yeah, that's a good question. Where would you go? I think I would go to pass rusher um, because if you're going to move Uche and Judon's fifty fifty to come back, if that then I would look for a pass rusher if I were the Patriots. What about you guys? Um, I was. I mean, offensive line is obvious. Well, that's, I mean, in, in a way, that's where I was going to go because, but on when to right tackle and Strange coming back, fine. feels like yep. it kind of calmed that down. My, my dream scenario was that uh, Denver was, like Garrett Bowles was complaining, I want to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. It stinks here. And I don't think, that Sean Payton is really in love with his wide receivers. Was there a way that you could have pulled Judy and Bowles and taken on a bunch of money and given them a pick this year and a pick next year, and you add a wide receiver that Mac knows, and you add a guy who played left tackle, so Trent Brown gets a case of the sads and doesn't want to play, <laughs> you at least got somebody that you can put in there who isn't Vidarian low. That is the number one thing that you have to address is, is right tackle. But again, if you're going to kick Unwenu <clears throat> out there, and you, <clears throat> this won't happen again. With the, the there will be cough drops in the car. As I, <laughs> this, <have>. <laughs> I almost feel bad. We keep asking good questions because yeah. Tom wants to answer them, and it's just you know it's it's, it, it, it's not happening. Yeah, the, so the Flem's winning. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll the USA out here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let him go. Tommy Curt of NBC. No, 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 no. I will say this. Okay. Okay. I don't think Connor McDermott is that bad. Don't tell anybody, oh. but I don't think he's oh. that bad. Oh. He was Catholic. Yep. Last six games last year was Connor McDermott bad. No, he was he was great. I think Bel Belichick said, "Thank God we have him." A guy in Connor McDermott. But I mean, again, I would still rather. <laughs> and uh, then they went and traded for Vidarian Lowe well, instead of still, having the guy who would have been easy to sign. Yeah, but Tom, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you that McDermott's good. But wouldn't you still rather have Onwenu out there and keep it the way they're going instead of kicking him inside and then having McDermott be sort oh, of yeah. potential question mark? Yeah. Yes, but if 
city still come, goes down or yeah. they have to do something inside and you want to move and want to back inside, at least you have a non-Vidarian low answer. Yeah, yeah there you fair. go. And uh, Calvin Anderson, who knows if we'll ever see that guy ever again. Uh, Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. You will hear Tommy with Gresh and Fourier on Tuesday and with Jones and Mego with Arkan on Thursday. Tommy, thank you, friend. Have a hell of a day. All right, guys. See ya. There see ya, we Tom. go. Hopefully, uh, Tommy can get through it. That was that was <laughs> rough. Struggling. I I felt sounded like me. I felt bad after a while. It was like good grief. He's we a fighter. Kept, He's a grinder. Uh, he is. It. He is. You know what it is too. It, it, for Play those, with pain. Well, for those who have the extra or uh, like the extra added football work or. Like, you get to Halloween of football season, and everybody starts to be, like, you look around, and you're like, oh, it's only halfway yeah. over. Like, damn. It's like a See the bags under the eyes. Oh, yeah. yeah you got such a, a long groggy. way to go. Give it three weeks when we're all thinking about eating turkey and pie and oh, all yeah. that stuff. Are you kidding me? Everybody will be, uh, that will be no focus whatsoever. Uh, but hopefully the Patriots get a win today because that will help keep the focus on them in getting their third win down in Miami. Reverend Arcan stops by for his preview. We'll have some inactives. We'll be able to talk about the injuries as well. Hopefully Tom Kern stays off the injury report. And the guy who was on it but is now back, I don't know what the hell happened. He chewed off part of his inner cheek or something like that a couple of weeks ago, and the guy couldn't talk. But Stiz is back with trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. That's right, back better than ever. Here's what's trending now. The Patriots in Miami to take on the Dolphins kickoff at 1 p.m. The Pats have downgraded Josh Uche and Vidarian Lowe to out. Those two did not make the trip to Miami with the team. The team also elevated Connor McDermott from the practice squad. Six players remain questionable. Those players include Christian Barmore, Trent Brown, Jonathan Jones, Sean Wade, Keon White, and Dietrich Wise. The Celtics beat the Heat on Friday night, 119-111. to Derek White had an amazing game, 28 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Celtics will be in Washington tomorrow night to take on the Wizards at the Capital One Arena tip-off at 7 p.m. The Bruins beat the Red Wings 4-1 at the TD Garden last night. Pasta had a pair of goals. Charlie McAvoy and Pavel Zaka each had one. The Bruins stay in Boston. They'll host the Panthers tomorrow night at the Garden. Puck drop at 7 p.m. World Series now tied one game apiece after the Diamondbacks beat the Rangers 9-1 yesterday in Texas. That series heads back to Arizona tomorrow for Game 3, first pitch at 8 p.m. And the Revs lost to Philadelphia yesterday at Gillette Stadium 3-1. Those two teams will run it back Wednesday night in Philly, game time at 7 p.m. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More WEI's Football Sunday coming up. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. Welcome in to my congregation. It is the Reverend Arkin, and it is time for the Reverend Arkin Scouting Report. Brother Gresh, welcome. Hello. Uh, I think uh, Sister Myrtle was a little slow on the uptick on the organ there. Uh, that's uh, Brother Stiz getting a little late over to the uh, to the organ. We know he loves his organ. There we go. Thank there you, Stiz. Uh, Brother Cadlick here with us as well. Welcome, Brother Cadlick. As we take our second look of the year at the Miami Dolphins, uh, a team that they beat, or did not beat, I should say, earlier on in the year. It was a close game. Dolphins ended up beating them in New England. They're now down in Miami for this one, uh, trying to beat the Heat. So let's go ahead and begin here with our previous matchup. So the Dolphins are the first AFC East team that the Patriots will face twice. Their first matchup, week two at Gillette was a 24-17 Patriots loss. Raheem Mostert, two touchdowns, a touchdown strike from Tua to Tyreek Hill. That made up all the scoring there uh, for the Miami Dolphins. Mack and the offense had a chance to tie this one up. They drove the field, trailing by one score. Then on fourth down and four to go, this happened. Back up. Here comes Chuck. Jones throws. It's caught. The safety. Flips it back. Not getting the foot down, and here it is strange by inches shy of the 29, and the Dolphins are going to come away with this one. After review, the runner was down short of the line of game at the 29 yard line. Therefore, we have a turnover on down. It'll be Miami's ball. Dolphins will get the ball back, run out the clock. Pat's got their second straight loss. Mike Kosicki there lateraling it to Cole Strange, who rumbled ahead. It seemed like far enough to get the first down. They ruled him short. People were upset about that. It's not like it cost them the game. They still had to get down into the end zone, but it did uh, end things for them right there. Uh, The loss was a tough one. Fans were encouraged, though, by the fact that the Patriots hung in and overcame a big deficit early on and gave themselves a chance at the end. It was a uh, more palatable losing streak than the one that started in Dallas, uh, to be sure. So let's get to since we last met. So since that game, the Dolphins have gone 3-2. and two. Uh, Their record now, five wins and two losses. Right after that game, the Dolphins had that big, huge blowout of the Broncos. 70-20 to was the final there, followed by a uh, punishing loss to the Buffalo Bills. They lost 48-20, to and after multi-score wins over the Giants and Panthers, Finns suffered their second loss last week, a 31-17 defeat at the hands of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. The Dolphins lead the NFL in several offensive categories, yards per game, um, 66 more yards per game than the Chiefs at number two. They have 462 yards a game. Uh, They also lead in passing yards per game, rushing yards per game and points per game. And for all their firepower, Miami does have a negative three turnover ratio, seven takeaways and ten giveaways. They're also near the bottom of the league in points allowed per game at uh, 26.7. That's a point and a half more than the Patriots and the sixth highest in the NFL. Um, It seemed for a while, guys, like the Dolphins were going to be a special team, like the type of team that's in the history books, you know, like uh, especially after that that Broncos game. Do we still feel that way about them? 
Go ahead. It felt that way early on last season, too. They sort of hit the ground running early. It felt like McDaniel had that thing. And not like they haven't fallen off as fast as they did last year, but um, it feels like they've sort of came down to earth a little bit. So, I mean, they're good, but I don't see it being this this dynastic offense. I never had them as world beaters. I never really bought in to begin with. I think they're very much a one-sided team. If they're offense and they're playing with the lead and they're playing great, that's awesome. They get down, need to rely on some defense, and are playing from behind. To me, that is the – they just can't overcome that. So I think they're uh, they're real good on one side of the ball. But overall, they're a good team. I don't know if they're a great team. All right. Let's get to our players to watch, this. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll begin with the obvious one. That's Tyreek Hill. He says he's good to go. He's been dealing with a hip injury. He leads the league in receiving yards with 902, receiving touchdowns with seven, and yards per game with 128. He's the best wide receiver in the NFL, is he not? I mean, is there someone that you'd rank ahead of him at this point? Maybe Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah, healthy, yeah. Bobby would Wood? Put, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, Tyreek Tyree Hill's Hughes great with it. speed, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in terms of being, like, the complete wide receiver, I would probably lean more towards Chase and Justin Jefferson. But the guy's real good. Yeah. No real, real good. Yeah. We'll see what he uh, looks like with his hip injury. I think he's the best in the league. I know he's undersized and everything, but he can get out. He can go up and get balls. Yeah, it doesn't uh, affect him. Except right. when Christian Gonzalez is out there and he picks him <laughs> off. But uh, most of the time, he's able to do it. You know what I wonder if it hurt the legend of Tyree Kill kind of across just sort of football fandom was left Kansas City and Kansas City was still successful. True. Because it becomes it, it becomes one yeah. of those like implied deals. Well, if he's so good, how come Kansas City didn't struggle? Obviously, it's a quarterback, but a lot of people would go there to try to knock down Tyreek But he also Hill. helped the trajectory of the Dolphins' uh, offense like crazy, too. So, like, they wouldn't be where they are today if it weren't. No, yeah. that's true. And he's putting up league-best numbers in every category. Yeah, I mean, like, right. you know, it's hard to... And they were still 9-8 last year. Yeah, true. That's the thing. Like, yeah, but it's Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. You leave one team that it's supposed to cripple him leaving, and they still win the Super Bowl, and he comes in, and the other team gets up to a whopping nine wins. If he came here and the Patriots only went nine and eight, we'd be like, what the hell? We can't um, let we can't let Rush sit here and spew his anti wide receiver property. I know it's all it's always. <laughs> oh my God! Here we go again. Boy, I'll tell you that Terry McLaren puts up great numbers. I'd love McLaurin on this team. You kidding me? Uh, let's get to our next player to watch, who is Raheem Mostert. Uh, Mostert and rookie Devon Achan, the most dangerous running back duo in the NFL prior to the injury to uh, Achan. Mostert has been sensational. It's his ninth season in the NFL. Nine rushing touchdowns lead the whole league. 474 rushing yards are good for six most in the NFL. Uh, Mostert, I think we all sort of agree, is a guy that we kind of thought would be a complimentary piece on this team and certainly not someone who was dominating the run game and shooting up the uh, the uh, stat boards in all these different categories. Way better than we thought, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, way better than we thought. And the ability to hit the home run. Now, I know he's dinged up today. Is is Mostert working through a knee or something like that? I know A-Chan's already down. Uh, so I wonder about the depth in the backfield, but there's no question. You give Mostert a crease. He is yeah, he's out gone. the door, man. Yep. Yeah, no question. All right, over on the defensive side, another guy to watch, Bradley Chubb, their star pass rusher. Two of his four sacks on the year came last week against the Eagles. He also sacked Mac Jones back in week two. Uh, he's probably their scariest pass rusher, I would say. And then there's Andrew Van Ginkle, who was also a menace in that first matchup with the Patriots. He's tied for Chubb for the team leading sacks with four of his own. And, of course, Jalen Ramsey activated for this game after missing the first eight. He was the big uh, free agent acquisition for the Dolphins in the offseason and uh, can be a force when he's out there and he's mm-hmm. healthy. Anybody that I'm missing, guys? Uh, no. No? No. no, no. I, think you I, think you're, I think you're on it. No. Yeah, I mean, you get the two wide receivers most certain, and then after that, it's... 
nameless, faceless people that you hope don't go for 100 yards and kill you. I just realized I didn't mention Tua. They got a quarterback and Tua Tagovailoa. He's also pretty good, too. You know what's funny is, (laughs) does any of that... See, there you go. Listen to that left-on-left-handed quarterback time. <laughs> they just hear him go, oh, he's fine. He's no Mark Brunel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to our enemy storylines. Okay, a big question right now is the uh, Bills seem to be scuffling a little bit. The Dolphins had a couple of off weeks. Who takes the AFC East? I feel like I asked this last week, but who do you think is going to take it, Miami or Buffalo uh, or other? The Patriots. I, or the uh, Patriots. Uh, or Aaron Rodgers comes back in the Jets. I still feel like the Bills are going to find a way to win, especially considering the Bills won the first head-to-head against Miami. But Buffalo has not looked great, although they are grinding through some stuff right now. I'm still going to lean Bills, but I don't know. I'm not feeling great about it. I think it depends on today. I think if the Dolphins can get another one again today against an AFC East opponent, I think that sort of puts them on the fast track. And Buffalo, even though they won on Thursday, they still don't look like the Bills of the Bills of the last few years. So um, I'm going to go with Miami right now. Here's, if I may, Reverend, uh, is the winner of the division now an 11-win team, considering it feels like the whole group has kind of settled in a little bit now? Like, Buffalo's already got a couple of losses. You know, hopefully Miami gets another one after New England today. I wonder if instead of 13-4 and four winning the division, if it might be more 11-6 and six with tiebreakers that wins this thing. Yeah, it could be. The Dolphins have a tough schedule after this. They got the Chiefs. They got the Cowboys. They got the Ravens. They got Buffalo again. Like, there's there's wow. some more losses on the schedule for them this year. But they also do get the uh, Commanders and Titans. And uh, they got two games with the Jets. Uh, and I think they're going to beat the Patriots today, too. So I guess we'll uh, we'll see about all of that. I wanted to talk about the two quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, guys who uh, definitely didn't have the same starts to their careers. Tua was sort of a, a guy that they eased in. He wasn't yep. sort of thrust into it the way that Mac Jones was. And Tua got better over time while Mac Jones has sort of devolved. Um, what do you think is the biggest difference? between the way the Dolphins handled Tua and the way the Patriots handled Mac, if you could pick up one thing. Well, I'm, they, they gave him competent offensive coaching. It didn't, like, you know, whenever they got Tua, and they, they when Miami decided to hire someone, they didn't, they went out and got somebody that was tailored towards that side of the ball to try to do something with that quarterback. I don't know if Bill Belichick thought about that last year, quite honestly. Yep. And and it's allowed Tua to really thrive and prosper. Tua can play. I'm I'm not an anti-Tua guy. Like he, he a lot of good qualities coming out of Alabama. Gets the ball out quick. The biggest thing is for him is can he learn to fall like a pro wrestler and tuck his chin, right. not smack his head off the turf and get a concussion every time he gets hit? Yeah, the difference is coaching, it's protection, and it's weapons. I think Mac hasn't had uh, very great in either three categories, and over the last two seasons since McDaniel's been there, Tua has had all three. So, All right, and wow. finally, uh, let's uh, hit real quick on the trade deadline before we get to our inactives here. Patriots, if they win this game, do you see them being active at the trade deadline, they'll have about 48 hours to really make up their mind there. But uh, we asked Tommy Curran about this. What do you yeah, think, Yeah, I think there is a chance that the Patriots could end up being a, a little frisky. I do think they are going to get a compensatory pick that will come in. Uh, and they got some decisions to make on. Like, if you know Mike Onwenu is not going to be here long term, and you can go find yourself a right tackle in free agency that can come in and help now and be here next year to kind of insulate you a little bit, then maybe you think about making that move. I think if they win... The Patriots could be frisky. If they lose, they're not going to liquidate the assets, but they will not be as aggressive either acquiring or dumping players. Yeah, the one I look at, and I wanted to bounce it off after what you were saying, Gresh, uh, with Tommy earlier, is that Jerry Judy, not only is he's not a rental, like 
he has another year on his contract mm-hmm. after this. So you get him in here. If he uh, works well with Mac and Mac's here next year, then you have a guy who he's familiar with at Alabama. If not, and you have to reset the quarterback structure, you have a number one wide receiver to kind of help him get into a groove when he's here. So I love the idea of trading Jerry Judy. If it, whether they win or lose, I feel like that's still a guy that you could bring in and have some success. Yeah, and if you want to just stretch out the offseason forever, I heard DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook yeah. are both available. So how about that? You oh, trade my for, God. <laughs> trade for those two if you really missed them in the offseason. And there we go. That is the Reverend Scouting Report. Mass is ended. Uh, go in peace. Now, there what we do go. we go. All right. <laughs> What do we got for an act? We have oh, very interesting inactives. Yeah, we do. Uh, let's uh, work through this. Tyquan Thornton, inactive. Cadillac, you brought it up earlier. Yeah, it sounded like, and when we were kind of reading the tea leaves on Twitter, that it looked like Parker might be the healthy scratch, but mm. I guess it's Tyquan Thornton here. So, um, yeah, Tyquan Thornton. Done. Will Greer is the third quarterback. Josh Uche scratch. Yep. That's going to hurt his trade value. <laughs> yeah, he's, boy, I'll tell you. good. You know what? He is now reacquirable for the Patriots. He's having the kind of year where nobody's going to give him yep. money. Uh, Vidarian Lowe and Calvin Anderson are both down. Kayshawn Booty is down as well. What is going on with Booty? In in your best guess, Cadillac, because I know you're down there mm-hmm. every day. I know there's been a lot of talk of putting Booty in competitive situations in practice and getting better and da 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 and you know, didn't make the big catch, dragging the feet on the sidelines. A lot of people think he's been ostracized because of that. I think it's way deeper than that with Kayshawn Booty. I just think he's not um separating in the competition as much as they'd like him to, and as much as a guy like Demario Douglas is. And you know, we talked about it earlier with Belichick earlier in the week saying that, you know, whoever is winning in the competition is gonna play. And it's not like they're competing against world beaters here. It's a bunch of you know, average wide receivers to below average wide receivers in that room. And I just think Booty's not doing enough in practice to get himself back in the mix. He played early because of some injuries, but uh, didn't have a catch and has been sort of, like you said, ostracized since. So I think it's as simple as just not performing in practice. But, I mean, it could go a little deeper. than. Do you think Booty's got a chance here, Arkand? A chance to, whatever play again? Well, or to just, <laughs> yeah. you know, be a factor here. Uh, I mean, he's I, a seventh-round guy that's on the... It feels like they're waiting for David Givens 2.0. Yeah, it does sort of seem that way, except they're not giving him an opportunity. I mean, he did in that one game where he couldn't get his feet in. He did make some catches in that game. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was totally useless. It's not like he was, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster or something and was running the wrong routes and, uh, you know, not turning the right way and the ball's going, you know, no idea where it is. So that's, that's sort of frustrating. You got Parker here who's got butterfingers and running the wrong route half the time, and now uh, uh, he's he's in. Booty's out. Thornton, I don't mind being out as much because I'm starting to think maybe that's just a lost cause yeah. too. But I'd like to see a little bit more Booty. I would. I think that that would be, at the very least, a change of pace and something that you can kind of maybe get the offense going with, some kind of spark. You're not getting it from Schuster, and you're not getting it from Parker. It- so, uh, so the top wide receivers today are Parker, Juju, Demario Douglas, Kendrick Bourne. Correct. And Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. Rager. Yeah. I forgot about Jalen Rager. <laughs> An interesting one, too, from the Dolphins. Uh, Xavier Howard is not playing. Interesting. He's inactive. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot so, of pressure on Ramsey in his first a game. A lot of pressure. Howard is out today. No, he is inactive. Man, oh, man. Yeah, Robbie Chosen, Skylar Thompson, Javon Holland, Xavier Howard, and the nose tackle Brandon Peely are uh, inactive for the Dolphins. So, so that no- means River Craycraft is in. Oh, there he we is go. In. All right. so River Craycraft is in, but no Javon Holland. Uh, is Holland- Robbie Chosen Robbie Anderson? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, he's changed. For formerly like Robbie times. Anderson, I remember he him. was Robbie Anderson. He was chosen Anderson, and now he's Robbie Chosen. Now he's Robbie Chosen. Yeah. I remember I him mean, from the Jets and uh, the Panthers too, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Pretty good. I mean, pretty decent little guy when he gets open, but yeah. not playing today, so mm. don't have to worry about. Oh, it. Oh, please! I remember when he was a part of Arizona, where they had four number oh, yeah. one type <laughs> wide right. receivers, right? Wide receiver nation here, yeah, Cadlick. Exactly. How come that situation didn't work yeah, out? They had question. four number ones. <laughs> I was told. And they still couldn't get it done. And by sure. the way, Calamari, not active apparently again this week. Yeah. What are they doing? Well, I know what they're doing with that guy. They're freezing him out because he's a dunderhead and they want to get him the hell out of there. But they're trying to find a way to sort of stick it to the dude a little bit. Yeah, I think he's just kind of coming back for his ACL too. But They um, did open his practice window, which was interesting. Yeah, they did because what they'll do is they'll wait till the trade deadline. Right. And when they know that they've got a real inside track to get in the top pick to replace the dude, then they'll put him out there, so right. maybe they could trade him and his, hey, don't forget to make him study contract. I always love picking on Arizona yeah. because that is the that <laughs> was the easy. one. Look at all their wide receivers that they had. Now all those guys are gone, and yeah. they're as effective as they were whenever they were, uh, they were all there. So Robbie Chosen, otherwise known as Robbie Anderson on your uh, scorecard uh, at home, ladies and gentlemen. We will continue to uh, break down the inactives. We've got uh, everything else that is going on in the NFL, including the Chiefs added Patrick Mahomes to the injury report. Uh-oh. Is he going to play? We will uh, get to that. We've got Christian Fourier coming up at noon. Arcan and I will rip through the games of the NFL of uh, week eight at uh, 1225. Uh, Calic, you out of here? Or you stand at the top of the hour. Nah, I gotta hit it. I gotta get home for get home for kickoff. Oh, yeah. the uh, yeah, the pickle pizza will be uh, <laughs> yeah. delivered d- delivered soon. Exactly. That, well, this this week it was Caesar salad pizza. I don't yeah. know if you caught it on. Oh Twitter. no, uh, Christian. What? Uh, yeah, Caesar salad. In fact, I think Christian Fourier, Ugh. upon seeing it, said, and I quote, "What the f is this? <laughs> I mean, yeah, your Good Caesar stuff. salad pizza." Do you like Caesar salad? No. Okay, well, that's okay. Then you're not going to like but it. But why would you waste it on pizza? Because <laughs> it's, it's delicious, Crash. You get a small pizza with all the junk on it, and then you eat the salad on the side. I don't like vegetables on my pizza, period. Yeah, Forget I'm a whole with, salad. Yeah, I want right? meat on my don't pizza. Don't knock until you try it, boys. I'm <laughs> oh telling you. My God. I'm telling you. Stiz said he'd try yeah. it, right? Yeah, I would try it. I exactly. like Caesar salad. I'd eat oh. the salad off the pizza, then eat the pizza. But yeah, you like the croutons, right? Uh, I like bread. Bread. So then, that's just what the that's what you're breading. Yeah, is. bread on defense. bread on my Crouton. bread is what if I like. If there is no <laughs> sauce and cheese on it, it is not pizza. I deal no, with this cheese. No, Come stop on. There's it. There's no sauce. Yeah, that, that, yeah, no, that's it's like the people in Rhode Island that do the pizza strips and ketchup bread. That's what it is. <laughs> you're bread. smearing ketchup all over bread, <laughs> and you're trying to pawn it off as if it's pizza. Oh, it's strips. It's different. It's still not pizza. <laughs> it's just saw. It's just like you dumped the salad on a wasted pizza crust. Is what you did. I'm telling you, Grash. Don't. Oh my you god, it. it's terrible. It just. Get... It's not delivery. It's disgusting. Yeah, there you go. Bad voice. That's Look a good one. That. There we go. Shiz yep. is back. He can talk once again. Uh, we'll give you the rest of the uh, inactives around the NFL next on Wei Football Sunday. This is WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. All right, it's time for the Catch's Law Injury Update. 
And it is sponsored by the Catches Law Group, the official law firm of the New England Patriots, where you pay nothing unless Catches wins at CatchesLaw.com. And you know what, Arcan? Pretty clean overall in terms of uh, the big injuries. I know that the uh, the Giants have been ravaged with injuries the past couple of weeks. Uh, quarterback Daniel Jones out once again. Tackle Evan Neal is down once again for them. Uh, Giants are taking on the uh, the Jets. Don't know. Uh, I guess it's the Giants that uh, technically have the official home game here. Randall Cobb is really the only guy for the Jets that you mm-hmm. might even consider. Uh, for the Jaguars, wide receiver Zay Jones is out. That might be a guy that... Maybe you had in your lineup at uh, one point in time. I don't think anybody, uh, Arcan, is willingly playing Ryan Tannehill, but he is out, out with yep. uh, Tennessee. Uh, Robert Woods is down for uh, the Texans. And, again, it's just guys who you're you're probably not putting into your uh, lineup. Cowboys are dinged up a little bit. The running back, Deuce Vaughn, is out. Tackle Tyron Smith is uh, still out. And one of their corners, uh, a guy who was a high draft pick of the Dolphins, who they let, let go, Noah Ingbohini, and I probably said that wrong. That's a, uh, a corner that's out of there. But other than that, uh, really not a lot of uh, big names on the uh, on the list this week. It feels like the big injuries, or at least uh, for a lot of the guys that you would have played in fantasy Arcan, those dudes were uh, already ruled out before this. Yeah, that's true. I mean, guys who are on IR and stuff like that, and that's you know, there's been plenty of that already to start the year. And I feel like a lot of that happened right away, like, yeah. you know, in the first like couple of weeks. And since then, injuries haven't been quite as prevalent, and I think that's clearly a good thing, uh, and certainly a, a better viewing experience. As far as the Patriots and the Dolphins are concerned, the main one, the one that stands out the most, even more than Tyquan Thornton to me, Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard not being there and uh, not being uh, on the secondary for yep. the Dolphins is huge for the Patriots because they're thin after him, and Jalen Ramsey's playing his first game in however long. So, I mean, you got you got a real opportunity there, I think, to uh, for Mac Jones and for those wide receivers, whoever they are, whoever actually gets the snaps, I guess we'll see about that. But, uh, you know, remember last, uh, last time, last time these two teams played, they tried to fade down the sideline to Parker and Xavier and Howard boxed them right out and picked it off. Yeah, he and pushed he's not them out, out of bounds, there. basically. Yeah. No, it's a good point. And uh, the the uh, the safety Thompson being out as well. Right. That was the guy who uh, a couple of years ago had the blitz that ended up uh, causing the safety when Mac Jones and crew were backed up into their own end. Uh, so here's the latest on Patrick Mahomes. He has been battling the flu, according to Ian Rappaport. Apparently, he was better today than yesterday, so he will play. However, the Chiefs have added Mahomes to the injury report, and apparently the Saints, uh, with Michael Thomas, same thing. Illness, they added him to the injury report. So it looks like these guys are going to be okay to play, but... Arcan, I wonder how much of this is a reaction to all of the flack that Arthur Smith and crew in Atlanta took last week when Bijan Robinson only played a couple of snaps and he didn't show up on the injury report at all. Yeah, and that was, I mean, people were pretty upset about that. I know the yeah. gambling community was very oh, upset about that. Oh, yeah, the fantasy community as <laughs> yeah, well. and them as well. So uh, we'll see if this acts. I mean, that's different. A running back versus a quarterback. You know, you can have a stable of running backs. You don't have stables of quarterbacks very often. So I would say that that's, uh, that's a little bit different. Um, Bigger issue in that Kansas City-Denver game is that apparently it's going to be dump and snow Oh, yeah, if you see have you seen the field? I saw the video last night where they kind of had uh, the snow was coming down and they were trying to kind of clear it off. But the one thing you've learned or that I've like my, my wife's best friend lives in Denver and you realize that it can turn on a dime like it can be dumping snow there. And then the next thing you know, it's sunny and 50 at kickoff. Yeah. 
and then the then the roads are really uh, yeah. Then the roads like <laughs> roads said, then the roads are gross and all that kind of stuff. But uh, most consecutive wins on the road in division games for starting quarterbacks since 1970. It is among the rare numbers that Tom Brady does not lead in. Joe Montana from 84 to 93 had 20 consecutive road wins in the division. Wow. Right now, Patrick Mahomes is up to 16. It's an active streak. He is 16 and 0 in his career in situations like this. That's wild. Peyton I mean, Manning is next with 12. That's crazy. I mean, that's really a, a crazy stat considering, first of all, how much Brady dominated the uh, AFC East yeah. in all those years. I guess there was always there was always one or two. There was like one Jets game that was always tough. There was one Dolphins game that was always tough. They always kicked the Bills' ass. But like, always. <laughs> the Jets yep. and the and the Dolphins, the, one of them would play him like tough once a year. And so maybe that's sort of what, what got in the way there. But yeah, I'm surprised to see that. And uh, even more so with, uh, maybe not so much more so with Mahomes, so I was going to say, like, there's been other good teams in the West. But if you think about it, you know, there's been talented teams in the West. Have there been good teams out there? Have any of those teams been good? It's hard to say that they yeah. are. The Chargers aren't good. The Raiders aren't good. You know, like, they're not good teams. There's been some talent there over the years since Mahomes got there. But not really a... A, a true contender, you know, someone who's going to really try and, and knock Mahomes off. And that's sort of the way it was with Brady in the East for all those years. Yeah, it almost, There was never a real challenge. You it know? almost feels like the Raiders with Carr were a much bigger challenge yeah. for Patrick Mahomes with Gruden there than it was, uh, you know, than it is sort of the, the setup that they've got right now. But you're right. Like, it's interesting. The Broncos that, have been flailing since Manning left, you yeah. know. The Chargers keep underachieving. Like, there's no one who really has stepped into that. What are the, what are the, what are the Chargers? I mean, I at, at what point, you know, that's going to be a real interesting discussion at the end of the year. It's going to be emotional when Bill Belichick uh, becomes their new coach. When, uh, yeah, we'll take uh, <laughs> we'll take two first-round picks for him there, uh, Chargers. There you go. Oh, and by the way, his contract is set for next year. Good luck in inheriting that one. Mm. You're turning everything over to him. <laughs> in which that owner would be like, you know what, thank God. I'm fighting against everybody else in L.A. I need a star. At least he'd be able to try to sell the coach. Maybe because apparently selling the quarterback isn't enough. Yeah, all the, it's it's. Uh, it's oh, Bill will get there and trade Justin Herbert like in ten seconds. Like oh, that's Bernie true. Goldberg. That's right. As soon as the uh, <laughs> as soon as there's the first opportunity, it is uh, let's get him the hell out of here. Yeah, uh, we're gonna welcome the hell in our friend Christian Fourier. Who oh, just yay. got done doing some TV. We will uh, break down this game with Fourier. Arcan and I will look at the rest of the Week Eight slate in the NFL. We're pretty much at the halfway point of the regular season. We will get to that, three picks and a prop as well, all heading into the final hour of WEI Football Sunday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.